What makes a great leader great? How do we create a high-performing team? And when we say leader, we mean everyone, because everyone is leading their own life. Will yours be a life by design or a life by default? Those are the big questions, and this podcast will answer them. Welcome to the Becoming Your Best podcast, where we help you apply the 12 principles of highly successful leaders, because great leaders will produce great results. Welcome to our podcast listeners. Wherever you might be in the world today, this is Steve Schallenberger, your host with Becoming Your Best Global Leadership. Think of one of the most amazing books you've ever read. What sets it apart from all of the others? Well, it's the words. And imagine an incredible speaker or comedian. Aside from their unique presentation, it's the words that gives them passion to make a difference that they're put together in the right way that make us laugh or reflect upon a play or a movie that you've been to or seen. It's the words that also really penetrated your soul in a way that you can never forget. I mean, just think about Mary Poppins, supercalifragilisticexpialidocious. Even though the sound of it is something quite atrocious, if you say it loud enough, You'll always sound precocious, supercalifragilisticexpialidocious. (laughs) Who can ever forget that one? Or a spoonful of sugar makes the medicine go down. Or how about John F. Kennedy? Ask not what your country can do for you. Ask what you can do for your country. Or Martin Luther King. I have a dream. Or Yoda. Do or do not. There is no try. So think of the words that have influenced your life. I think I can. I think I can. I think I can. I know I can. I know I can. I know I can. I knew I could. I knew I could. I knew I could. This little phrase from the little train that could has lasted with me for all these years. Uh, Today's podcast is about the use of words, which is wonderfully exciting and a mind-blowing part of principle number seven of the 12 principles of highly successful leaders. And this particular one is how to be an effective communicator. Words happen to be a huge part of communication. So what's really the vision for using words? Well, they allow us to both communicate and understand in a way that inspires and impacts both your behavior and the behavior of others. So words really do provide you with the capacity to articulate even your own personal vision. Just think about that, which in turn can affect your thoughts, your actions, habits, character, and ultimately your destiny. So if there was ever a reason to work on your good, better, and best in an area, your use of words is it. So whether you're 20 years old, 40, 60, or 80 years old, our words, and in turn, our actions really define who we are. And as a matter of fact, talk about being self-conscious of something. My capacity to do this podcast (laughs) is limited or enhanced by my use of words. 
Yikes, what a responsibility. <laughs> and as we reflect on the 12 principles of highly successful leaders, these principles are ever vibrant, fresh, and they never get stale or old. Each one is an inspiration that lifts us to new heights. However, when they work together, all 12 together, magic happens. It's a, a chemistry of excellence is released. So principle seven, of course, is to be an effective communicator. And our capacity then to use these words really affects our capacity to communicate well. And so to improve in this area is an exciting, wonderful, breathtaking journey. Uh, today, actually, it would be so fun to be together to discuss and brainstorm these in person, to share our thoughts on ways to use words better. Uh, and so I will imagine that your thoughts and contributions in our discussion are a vibrant part of this podcast today. And in the absence of being together, let's just share some of the things we might have discussed in, in the form of a word checklist of things that you or we can do to enjoy this expansive journey that has such a in, big impact on our lives. Uh, we could talk about language and, and words. So let's start out by listening to this one by Diane Setterfield from the 13th Tale. There is something, quote, there is something about words. In expert hands, manipulated deftly, they take you prisoner. Wind themselves around your limbs like spider silk. And when you are so enthralled, you cannot move. They pierce your skin, enter your blood, numb your thoughts. And inside you, they work their magic. Wow, words are so cool, so inspiring. And so whether you are communicating with a large group, a small group, or one-on-one, -on -one, the words that you use make all the difference in the world. And so to stimulate our discussion, I have identified six different dimensions of the word checklist that helps you in becoming your best in this area. Let's dive right in this. Here is the first one of the checklist that helps us become our best in using words. And that is to increase your vocabulator. Excuse me, vocabulary. Uh, increasing your vocabulary is a huge predictor of success. Uh, you can practice new words that you don't use really every day. Uh, some years ago, as a father that wanted to help their children, I became aware of an institute uh, called the Johnson O'Connor uh, Institute or test. It's located in different areas of the United States. And this is something, it's about a five hour test and it assesses your capability, uh, among other things, your vocabulary as well. And so we have sent different of our children uh, to this in, in San Francisco. I actually accompanied them. And after the five hour test, uh, a, a, an, an assessment result is given to you that's probably about 20 pages. It's terrific. But then it focuses in on vocabulary. And so Johnson O'Connor has done a huge amount of research in this area. And uh, particularly the studies uh, have focused on the impact of vocabulary on people's lives and has drawn many amazing conclusions from a vast amount of 
testing and experiments uh, performed in more than 20 years of research. Uh, a significant part of Johnson O'Connor's research observed successful people in many walks of life uh, and really trying to correlate the, their success with factors such as gender, age, scholarship levels, and many others, including vocabulary levels. Uh, he tested people on uh, the most diverse endeavors, such as uh, students about to take their SAT or engineers working in their areas of expertise or executives in large corporations, uh, coaches, teachers, etc. He always found the same results. No matter which area he looked at and no matter how he analyzed the data, a person's vocabulary level is the best single predictor of occupational success. Uh, he actually did a study with managers in 39 large manufacturing companies. And I'd like to just describe this chart if you can. So imagine it in your mind. It has uh, five different levels of individuals participating, different functions within an organization, floor bosses, foremen, superintendents, managers, and the presidents and VPs. Uh, here is what they found were the results of their vocabulary test scores. Floor bosses averaged a 32% on a vocabulary test score. Foremans averaged 42%, superintendents 51%, managers 62 and the presidents and VPs 87%. And so O'Connor really took extreme care to statistically isolate variables that could distort, distort the results. So scholarship levels and age, uh, for example, were considered to make sure it was indeed vocabulary and not something related that correlated with success. And so ultimately, here is the deal. Uh, he discovered that professional success depends entirely on thinking and communication skills, which are directly related to vocabulary. That was the bottom line. I love this quote by Henry Hazlitt, uh, thinking as a science, when he said, a man with a scant vocabulary will almost certainly be a weak thinker. Very interesting perspective. The richer and more Cop, cop, copious one's vocabulary and the greater one's awareness of fine distinctions and subtle nuances of meaning, the more fertile and precise is likely, likely to be one's thinking. Knowledge of things and knowledge of words for them grow together. So if you do not know the words, you can hardly know the thing. So this is a huge part of a checklist in strengthening our capacity to use words is to build a strong vocabulary. Here's number two. Make your words come alive. Words that breathe, color, imagery, smell, texture, feel, energy, and emotion. Uh, I, For example, Zig Ziglar's uh, one who has spoken a number of times at our company seminars, and, and, and he would say, People refer to money as cold, hard cash. And then Zig would say, well, it's never cold nor hard. It is soft and warm. <laughs> we can use similes and metaphors. Uh, here's a simile. For example, her tears were like a rushing river. Well, 
what a great simile because it compares someone's tears with a rushing river. Well, a person's tears can't literally be like a rushing river, but by saying that the tears are like a rushing river, you're conjuring up an image in the individual's mind that's listening to you or reading what you've shared of how much someone is crying or her heart broke like glass. <laughs> See what an image that creates? Or the young man trying to remember his father's advice on a blind date and paying his date a compliment, he could have said, your face could make a clock stop. <laughs> or he could say, your face makes time stand still. <laughs> well, these are tremendous images that help us see things. How about this primary song that I learned when I was eight years old? It goes like this. I looked out the window and what did I see? Popcorn popping on the apricot tree. Spring hath brought me such a nice surprise. Blossoms popping right before my eyes. I could take an armful and make a treat. A popcorn ball that would smell so sweet. It wasn't really so, but it seemed to be popcorn. Corn popping on the apricot tree. <laughs> Isn't that great? Well, that's a good example of, of using words in a way that makes things come alive. Of course, there's not popcorn on an apricot tree, but you can see it in your mind. You can see the beautiful white blossoms on an apricot tree. You can almost smell them, and it connects you to spring and the surprise, and, and that you want to go out and take an armful. And it would smell so sweet. So th this is an idea of using words in a way that they bring things to life. Here's number three on our word checklist of things that we can do to use words better. Use words that are kind, uplifting, and encouraging. Never mean, degrading, and discouraging. Find something good to say about others especially in their absence. Think how much better the world would be if we were all kind to one another. And, and that doesn't mean we can't disagree and have differences, different points of view. But just imagine what kind of world we would have if everyone were uplifting in their comments about others. They found the good. Well, the change in a world starts with you and it starts with me. We can do this and it spreads. Here's a great quote by Vashti Kuros Vega. <clears throat> Words, what power they hold. Once they have rooted in your psyche, it is difficult to escape them. Words can shape the future of a child and destroy the existence of an adult. Words are powerful. Be careful how you use them, because once you have pronounced them, you cannot remove the scar, or I might add the blessing, that they leave behind. Well, how true. Words are extremely powerful. Here's another one from Susie Cassim, Rise Up and Salute the Sun, the writings of Susie Cassim. Uh, this is really an amazing one. We cannot control the way people interpret our ideas or thoughts. But we can control the words and the tones we choose to convey them. 
Peace is built on understanding. And wars are built on misunderstanding. Never underestimate the power of a single word. And never recklessly throw around words. One wrong word or misinterpreted word can change the meaning of an entire sentence and even start a war. And one right word or one kind word can grant you the heavens and open doors. So there's three that we've talked about on our checklist. Uh, the first one is to build your vocabulary. The second, to make your words come alive. Uh, the third is to use words that are kind, uplifting, and encouraging, never mean, degrading, and discouraging. And so we ask ourselves then, what can we do next to build our capacity to use language? Well, number four is to be sure that you use spell check and good grammar. <laughs> there are a few things that really distract more from a well-meaning letter or communication than words that are spelled incorrectly, or they may not be in the right order. So read over your docu document several times to assure accuracy, and in really important documents, have others read it as well to give you a check and a balance. So that's a great tip for us. Now, number five is use words that are positive and upbeat. Watch the impact words can have on your thoughts and feelings. And I'm going to use an example from a book that was a huge inspiration to me. It still is, but especially in my uh, youth, in my early 20s, uh, I read the book, The Magic of Thinking Big by David Swartz, uh, numerous times. On page 68 in that book, uh, he uses this example of phrases which create small negative images versus phrases which create big positive mind images. Uh, and so I'm just going to give uh, five examples that he used in the book, and it'll give a feel for it. Uh, but they're important for us to discipline ourselves, so we're really using the big positive mind image type words. Here's one. Number one, it's no use. We're whipped. <laughs> Those are the negative small words. Here's the positive big words. Well, we're not whipped yet. Let's keep trying. Uh, here's a new angle. And so we make pivots. We try new things. That's how we grow. Uh, here's the second one. Five years is a long time to spend before I'll get into the top ranks in your company. Count me out. <laughs> well, here's the positive part. Five years is not really a long time. Just think, that leaves me 30 years to serve at a high level. So this is just uh, the way we put these words together that affects our thinking, our habits, our action, and where we end up. Here's the third one. It won't work. See, those words are dark, gloomy, disappointing, grief, and failure. Uh, here's the other counterpart to it. It will work. And let me prove it. So the image in this case is bright, hope, success, fun, and victory. Uh, here's two more. Number four, I'm too young or too old for the job. Here's the counterpoint. Being young or old is a distinct advantage. <laughs> I love these. Uh, here's the last one. The market is saturated. Imagine 75% of the potential has already been sold. Better get out. 
here's the counterpoint. Imagine 25% of the market is still not sold. Count me in. This looks big. <laughs> As we think about this thought of using words that are positive and upbeat, think good words. Use good words. Use good language versus bad language. I will never forget when I heard the tapes of one of our presidents of the United States. I could not believe the foul language that was totally unnecessary. What a disappointment that was. My friend Stephen Covey, who had uh, one of his trademarks was a shaved head, would often say, why waste hormones on growing hair when you can use them on your good looks? <laughs> well, this was another way of saying, why waste time on unsavory language when you can focus on good language, things that are upbeat and positive? Because so often, if we're using language to the opposite, it's a, a, an expression of frustration, of wasted time. And so this is a way that we can really use our language to a better use in a way that puts us in a better place. Okay, here's number six. Use words to be captivating and tell interesting stories, to be an interesting storyteller. People love stories. So think about it. What are some of your favorite stories? And how about true stories from your own life? Share them with others. Write them down. Learn from them. And in many cases, you will have a fun time with them, as will others. We can learn great wisdom from our experiences, and we know them in total detail and smell and feel and what it was like and what we learned from it. But let's not forget that these may also be a benefit for others. I'll just share an experience that I had when I was 17 years old. Happened to be uh, a senior at Vallejo High School on the baseball team. Our baseball team was an extraordinary baseball team. Very successful. One of the best in California. Uh, I had been work. I guess I was 16. I was a junior and I was working hard to get into the starting rotation. Uh, our, my coach, uh, this is about mid-season. I finally worked my way into starting. Uh, I was both a catcher and, and played outfield. And, and so we had a great catcher. And so I was placed in left field. We were playing, we were battling with Napa High School for first place. Uh, they had a couple of players that became future uh, ba uh, professional baseball players. One played for the Mets, another for another team. But they were good. Uh, the Buckner boys. And so this particular day, the game was being played in the evening. Uh, left field was facing the setting sun. Uh, and so I was on the east side of the field looking directly west as the sun set. Uh, there was a man on first. It was the fifth inning. And uh, Billy Buckner got up. And, and uh, I... Couldn't wait for things to get going here. I'm ready to make it happen. We'd had a good game. We were ahead, by the way, 3-1 to one at this time and excited. Billy Buckner hit a long fly to left field. It was a high fly. I was ready for it. I put up the glove as I was taught to do to block out the sun when the ball gets into the sun and you can't see it coming. So you 
theoretically, anyhow, put your glove up there, block the sun right where the ball's at, and you catch it. <laughs> well, this particular day, it didn't quite work out that way. I put up my glove, and I was off by a couple of inches. Uh, the ball came right over the top of my glove, hit the top of my head, and scooted off at a high rate of speed right behind me. And I turned around and chased it down, but by the time I could throw it in, it was a home run, and the score was tied. Uh, I was devastated. I felt terrible. Uh, and so we got up and ready for the next uh, batter. And the next batter came up and hit a line drive down the left field line. And it was one that I thought I could probably have a shoestring catch on on the fly and make the out. Uh, and so I was given it a 100% effort, full speed. I reached down to catch it. And the ball bounced three inches in front of my glove, straight over my head. I turned around and ran after it full blast by the time I threw it in. It was another in-the-park home run. <laughs> oh, the score was now 4-3, to three, and uh, now tears are going down my face. I'm praying, oh, Lord, please do not let them hit another ball into left field. <laughs> oh, well, the next hit was, there was two outs. The next hit was hit into left field. Fortunately, I was able to make the out, and the side was retired. Of course, I had to return to the dugout and face my team and my coach. <clears throat> my coach uh, was just shaking his head down there at the end of the dugout. I'm, I'm not sure he'd ever seen anything like that. Uh, I happened to be the next batter up, <clears throat> so things could get worse. But in this case, they didn't. I did get on base, but we lost the game. Well, there we go. Uh, what did I learn from that? Well, I learned a lot of things from that. First of all, is you don't give up. Uh, things will work out. Uh, there will be better days come along, even if you have a bad day. Uh, the next day at baseball practice, the team presented me with a hard hat with a glove taped to the top of it. <laughs> well, so that's the way it goes. Well, this is a great story and a great memory for me. Uh, I can still see the football or the baseball field. I can still smell the grass. Uh, I can still see the dirt, and it lives on. Well, this is a story I've I've shared with my our children, and and uh, occasionally uh, it was a great learning experience for me. So there you have it. That's just an example of how we can use words that might be interesting or might be captivating as we become storytellers to teach important principles. So here we have it. That's uh, there's six our six word checklists that we might think about that helps us use words better. Build your vocabulary. Use words that live. Popcorn popping on the apricot tree. Bring them alive. Use words that are kind, uplifting, and encouraging. Never mean degrading and discouraging. Uh, speak of people well wherever you might be. Find the good. These words will bless lives versus tear them down. Uh, number four, use your spell check and, and work on good grammar. Number five is use words that are positive and upbeat, that create positive images and ultimately actions within our lives uh, that leave good behind us, that we focus on high efficiency and effectiveness in using positive good words. And number six Use words to be a great storyteller, 
to teach principles and to communicate. Well, here's my invitation to each of us today. What can you do? What can I do in order to make these a bigger part of our lives, to use words so that we can be uh, an, an effective communicate, a communicator? Well, one of the things, the actions that you can take, and this is my invitation to us today, is you can invest and regularly study uh, becoming your best, the 12 principles of highly successful leaders. If you do not have a becoming your best book yet, uh, I would recommend that you invest in one and that you just take five or 10 minutes a day to review the various principles that as you go through them, that what will happen is this will actually place you in the upper 5% of leaders anywhere as you start mastering these 12 principles because that's what we discovered in our 40 years of re research of what sets apart high performers, the best leaders over in history from everybody else. It is these 12 principles. So not only invest in one yourself and regularly study it, also invest in becoming your best as a gift to a family member or a fellow worker because they will have the same type of an experience. And maybe one other action that you can take is within your families and within your organizations, share one principle a week. You can assign out who will teach the principle, but you just take five, five minutes and have one person share the principle. Then the next week, uh, another person will share or teach the principle. Uh, if you do this at the end of 12 weeks, you can step back and evaluate how you did in the 13th week, 13th week, and then start over again. 13 times four is 52 weeks. It means that you can work on these wonderfully powerful principles that will lift your life uh, for the rest of your life as we master them. And these create a light within us of effectiveness, a chemistry of excellence that radiates without and touches everyone. Well, we wish you the best as you work on using words effectively. May this six word checklist or this six word uh, focus on how we can do this better be a blessing to each one of us. Never forget as you do this, you are making a difference every day of your life. This is a great way to focus on becoming your best. This is Steve Schallenberger with Becoming Your Best Global Leadership, wishing you a great day. Thank you for listening. Would you like help to apply the 12 principles of highly successful leaders in your life, in your family, or in your organization? Call us today at 888-690-8764 to speak with a helpful representative to evaluate your situation and how we can help. Or you can visit becomingyourbest.com. Whether it's a corporate training event, keynote, workshop, trainer certification, or personal coaching, it would be our pleasure to serve your needs. Once again, call 888-690-8764 or visit becomingyourbest.com today.